Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shopping at Acme Markets now earns you gas reward points to redeem at participating Sunoco stations. Shop and start earning today. Look for additional fuel savings on MyMix. Sign up at AcmeMarkets.com or download the Acme app today. Get Lancaster brand USDA Choice Beef Bone-In Ribeye Roast, $4.77 a pound with in-ad coupon and additional $25 purchase. And imported Seedless Clementines, two-pound bags, $1.99. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up. Up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at acmemarkets.com.
right, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. Man, what a great way to start off the month of December. Right there with Excited, Deliverance of the Master. We will get new Excited music in 2017. Uh, that's shaped up to be a pretty good GML, just like the last couple have been. But tonight, we got a great show for everybody. Jeffrey McCormick from Q5. He will be up first in about a half hour, followed by Eddie Malm from Heavy Load and the Eddie Malm Band. Uh, we already spoke to Eddie. That interview was uh, pre-recorded. Uh, because the time difference was just too great for Eddie to make it onto the live show. So we'll play that in the second half. And we'll get on as much good music as we can between now and then. Like we were saying, excited. You know, uh, we saw them about two years ago at the Defenders of Old Festival. They sounded amazing, just like they did back in the old days, man. It was so great seeing them live, and the three original members, no less. And they are working on new music. Hopefully, by the middle of 2017, we should have a record out by those guys. So 2007, like we said, shaped up to be a great year. A lot of bands working on new material. The last five or six years, I mean, they've just been amazing for heavy metal and hard rock. A lot of the classic bands reuniting, some with a full lineup, some with partial lineups, some with only one member. They've all been putting out pretty good records, except for one or two bands, which we won't mention now. But maybe we'll save that for the year-end special in a couple of weeks. Let's get on some new music right now. No, you know what? I'm going to save that for next week, actually, because uh, we have one of those guys on as a guest. So we'll kind of hold off on that. But let's do some Wrathchild. Before they became Wrathchild USA, they were just Wrathchild until they got to that little legal scuffle with the Wrathchild from the UK. This is off their first demo tape. It's called Dangerous. Dangerous. Take, Take three. three.
Prayer, Leather and Chains, man, those guys were great. Such a killer album of Terminator came out. I want to say in '86. I know in 2006 there was a reissue of the album. I heard the band had gotten back together right before that reissue, but really never heard anything about what was going on with them. I mean, that was like kind of the pre-social media days where a lot of bands were on there. I really need to look up and see what's happened with those guys. If they are still active, if not, you know, we've had a lot of bands on the show that broke up years ago and haven't been active just to talk to them about, you know, their time in metal. So I'm going to try to reach out to somebody from the band, see if I can get them on the show in uh, 2017. We're going to kind of take it easy. We've got two shows left uh, for 2016. Next week we have uh, two local bands from the New York area on the show. Actually, just Tower next week, I think. Chris Green from Taiketto is on the week after that with Full Scale Riot. I know we have two local bands calling in next week. We'll be talking to them both uh, about what's going on. I'm just going to kind of ease out into the year. No show the last uh, Sunday of the month. It is Christmas Day. And then January, when we come back, maybe we'll do our year-end uh, review and just play albums that came out in 2016. But we'll definitely try to get prayer on the show if I can at that time. All right, well, the rat drama continues if you've been following on uh, Blabbermouth and Brave Words. Uh, you know, lots of voted lawsuit against Juan Cruciere about a year ago because he was going out touring yeah, as Juan Cruciere's rat or rat's Ron, I don't, rat's Ron Cruciere, whatever he was calling at the time. Bobby Blotson was going out under just the rat name. He took he took Juan to court because he couldn't, he said he didn't have the right to use the rat name in the lawsuit that only uh, Bobby and Warren Martini own the name these days when Steven left the band. Pierce, he lost, he lost the name too. The judge, I guess, looked at the contract told him, you don't own the name either. All four of you guys still own the name. Whatever that deal was they made before, I guess, was invalid or not valid. I don't know how it works with the legal mumbo-jumbo, but all four of those members actually still own the name of Fred. So, you know, Martini and uh, PRC and Crucier got together. They did that cruise. Uh, they performed on the cruise, and now they're getting back as Rat, the headlining M3 uh, next year in Baltimore. And they're probably going to go out and tour. I don't know who else is in the band. I think it's a drummer that's been playing with Stephen Piercy and his band. And I'm guessing Carlos Cavazzo is going to be back on uh, second guitar, I would imagine. But Blotcher says, you know, stay tuned. We're not done yet. I guess he's going to continue this fight of going out on the rat. Uh, you know, if, if his band is not on, opening up or on a bill with a major band, there's no audience for his band. If you've ever seen some of the video clips of him playing live, there's been nobody in the audience. It's been dead. And once Rat does get going, the real version of Rat, I mean, it's pretty much a dead issue with him. Nobody's going to go see Bobby Blotz's version of Rat when you got Piercy and Martini and Juan out there playing together. So it should get interesting over the next few months because he does have a whole bunch of shows lined up for the end of the year. And I don't think they're going to say anything about it right now because they're not ready to roll themselves. Uh, but when they do, it should get pretty funny. And, you know, that's one guy who's never going to be welcomed back into the Rat camp. You know, uh, I guess maybe it was a good thing you know, him doing this because it kind of stirred the other three into action. And now just to spite him, they're going to get together and start playing and probably recording as Rat. So it should be pretty funny. We'll see what happens with that. But another band heading to the U.S. in 2017, a band I'll probably go see live with UFO. And this will probably be the 25th or 26th time I've seen them since the early 80s when they first came to the U.S. Saxon, stand up and be counted. <laughs>
All right, brand new Q5 with Fear is the Killer. The album came out back in July. Uh, but last month, actually, I, I was supposed to have Jeff on last month. We couldn't do it until December. Uh, the album was reissued. I mean, the album was the album came out on vinyl. And if you're a fan of vinyl, it's a beautiful double gatefold vinyl record. Definitely going to pick yourselves up a copy of it. I know I ordered my vinyl as soon as it came out. What a great sounding record, man. It's amazing how many years passed between the last album and this one. But the group sounds incredible. We'll just wait a few minutes. Jeff is going to call in in, uh, in about two or three minutes. So we'll just hang out until then. Hold off on the music. Reading the headlines in the news the other day, I see L.A. Guns is Phil Lewis quits band, uh, leaves band or quits band. And then a headline like three paragraphs later, <laughs> you know, he joins L.A. Guns. <laughs> You know, the version that he's doing with Tracy Guns. I, I, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I thought it was weird that he was doing a version of L.A. Guns with Tracy Guns and then had, you know, his version that he was doing for years with Steve Riley. And I, we'll talk about that a little later on. We've got Jeff on the line right now, I believe. Let's uh, connect him. That's way more important than heavy metal gossip. We'll talk about that after the interview. Jeff, it's Mike. You're on the air. Mike the Big Cheese, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's been a while since we spoke, man. I, I really wish I could have got you on in the summer, but it seems like you were doing press every day for the new record. <laughs> We've been very fortunate in that department, yes, but uh, just as just as fortunate to be here today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, my pleasure. We just played we just played a song off the new record before you came on. Uh, Fear is the Killer. I mean, it's amazing how you know you guys recaptured that vibe. From the from the early days of the band, but yet it does it does sound. Uh, people hate the word modern. I don't know why they hate the word dated. It's none of those. It's just Q five. <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. Most most definitely. I mean, you have three of the original guys in the band, and uh, and I of course have been a fan since the band started. And uh, when I got back when I got into the band in Q five a couple of years ago, I had studied. Gary Thompson. So, you know, it was, it was definitely an effort to make it exactly Q5. And I, I, I you know, I think the whole band agrees that I think we, I think we captured it. Oh, I, I, without a doubt. I mean, now that you have like a record out that you're on from, you know, in the band with your own material, is it a little bit easier than feeling like you have to kind of like do what he did on the early albums? Cause you want to kind of keep it true to form. Cause fans go nuts when you alter a tank of things, but yet as a musician, you know, you want to put your own spin on it to a little bit. How far do you know how to go? Well, I mean, with with the with the, the the classic material, of course, I play it exactly like it is on the record. I mean, I want to be exactly true to it, as you know, as I can be. And so, when you when you see us live, you're going to hear it, you know, just the way it's supposed to be. It's going to sound like Steel Delight, or it's going to sound like When the Mirror Cracks. <clears throat> with the new stuff, you know, you, you keep it similar, but there's of course there has to be some flair of me in it because it's me playing. So, you know, there's there's a little bit of difference, but. But uh, I keep it in the same vein, of course. It's, I mean, it's Q5. It's not, uh, you know, um, crazy extreme metal or something like that. But uh, it's it's Q5. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> 30 years is when the mirror cracks comes out. And it kind of feels like the band just picked up where you left off. And that's a hard thing to accomplish. I don't care what anybody says. I hate it when classic bands put out new records and they don't sound anything like they used to. I mean, I was like, well, you know, that's not where we are anymore. But this album just reminds me of Q5, and it's such a hard thing to accomplish, and you guys did it. And that's what impresses me the most, and that you didn't like say, you know what, let's be a completely different band. It's like, let's be who we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the great thing is that, that we, all, well, we all know the music that we love. And Rick, uh, Rick Pierce and Jonathan Kay, even after Q5 
broke up, they were still together. You know, they, they still wrote together and did, they, they put together Nightshade, which I was a part of the first album. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was some of the music that was supposed to be Q5's third album that didn't quite get made. So they were still writing together and still putting out albums as Nightshade following that. So it's not, you know, it's, it's a continuous thread. So they, they stayed, they stayed true to that, that style of music all the way up until now. So, you know, then you have Rick Pierce writing for this record and, and the rest of us, you know, jumping in and contributing and all in the same, same musical vein. So, you know, we all knew exactly what we wanted to accomplish. And, and like I say, I think we did it. Yeah, because when really when you think about it, back in the day, Q5 were really only around for about three or four years with the two albums out and, and the demos in between. And then, like I said, it turned into Nightshade. Uh, yeah. How did it, I mean, I know the story because we spoke about it the last time, but for people listening for the first time, how did it come about where Q5 decided, hey, let's, let, let's kick this thing in the gear and start it up again? Well, um, Nightshade was invited to play in, uh, at the um, – Headbangers Open Air Festival in Germany. It's in a little town called Itzaho, Germany. And um, that was uh, Frankie Rongo was playing drums with them at the time. And it was Evan Sheely and Rick Pierce and Jonathan Kay as Nightshade with Frankie Rongo on drums. And as since they had the three original guys from Q5, the promoter asked if they would do two sets, one as Nightshade and one as Q5, where they just play strictly Q5 material. And so they agreed to do it. And they just they they did the show and they had such great success that the the buzz started going that maybe that might be something to do, and then they were invited as strictly Q5 to play at the Sweden Rock Festival in 2004, uh, 2014. Excuse me, <laughs> 2014. Um, yeah. And so they 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 brought in um, Rick Van Zant to fill in the Floyd Rose parts, uh, Rick Van Zandt from Metal Church, who's currently with yeah. Metal Church, to fill in the, the Floyd Rose parts, uh, and Frankie Rongo still on drums. And uh, they played that festival, and they, the, the response was so huge that they just basically in that moment decided Q5 needs to come back. So when they flew back to the States, that was the plan. Um, but of course, you know, Rick Van Zandt uh, was with Metal Church, so he couldn't stay with the band. And Frankie, you know, he's a very successful physical trainer and has his own career in business that's, that's you know, very successful. So he, he just didn't have enough time to be able to do that. And so he, uh, he called me, Frankie called me and asked if I would be willing to come back into the band and, and be the full-time drummer for Q5. And, of course, I jumped on it. I've, I've been a fan forever and knew the material from when I played with Nightshade. And then we brought in uh, – well, originally, originally we had Kendall Bechtel um, – doing the doing the Floyd Rose parts after Rick Van Zandt had left but Kendall uh, just decided he wanted to do his own thing and so he he walked away and then we we brought in uh, Dennis Turner who's a relative newcomer to the scene but he's a brilliant brilliant guitar player and just probably one of the coolest guys you've ever met and so it it just clicked and immediately uh you know we we then went off and played a couple of shows here and in in Chicago and uh, and it was just perfect. I mean, it, it felt perfect, and the, the crowds responded hugely. And then all of a sudden, we were signed to Frontiers, <laughs> and now New World Order's out. 
it's amazing how these things I mean, we have to thank a lot of these promoters from these festivals for getting a lot of bands together again. It just seems like they go over there, they play, they see this great response from the audience, and, and it winds up leading to a lot of bands reuniting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Particularly the festival we're playing in April, the Keep It True Festival. Uh, Oliver, you know, he has such a, such a love for this classic metal music. And he's, I mean, he's, I think he's single-handedly responsible for a good percentage of these bands getting back together and doing this. Absolutely. How's everything going in Seattle today? I mean, Seattle is one of these places that gave us so many great bands like Q5 and Metal Church, and I'm not going to name a dozen of them, but they also gave us grunge, something that kind of like destroyed you know, our, our scene. At least that's what we, way we, we conceive it in our minds. I mean, it's like a double-edged sword, that place. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a dirty word, Mike, grunge. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> No, no. All respect to them. I mean, it's it, you know, music is music. You just got to you listen right. to whatever you like. It's all good. But um, no, I mean, you know, those those bands are still doing great. The, the Pearl Jams and the Sound Gardens and the Alice in Chains. That's all. That's all great. But you know, you can't forget the the incredible music history that Seattle has. I mean, and and all of these bands are getting back together. I mean, you have Sanctuary now with another. They're working on another record coming out. Yeah. And. and uh, now, um, I, I, I imagine you've heard by now that Fifth Angel is back together with their original drummer, Ken Mary. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. And they, they're also playing at the same festival we're playing at in uh, April, which is amazing. I'm really excited about that. So, I mean, I, there must be something in the water out here because, uh, I mean, some really incredible music come out of here. And it's still Absolutely. coming Absolutely. Well, you know, people, you were a part of Fifth Angel for, for a while. Was there anything to talk about you getting with them before Ken or was Ken in it from the beginning? Well, I mean, obviously, Ken was Ken was the original drummer, uh, and he's he's obviously been extremely busy. I mean, he played with Alice Cooper and in uh, House of Lords and so many other acts. I mean, the Beach Boys, and uh, then he he has a studio in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I believe one in L.A. And he's he's super busy with that as well. So when when the opportunity came up for Fifth Angel to play at the festival that I played at with them in 2010, which was the Keep It True Festival. Uh, he was not available at the time. And so I, you know, because of my association with Kendall, I'd played with him in a, in a couple of acts, a couple of bands here. Um, I was brought in. I, I, I did audition for them and won the audition. And then uh, I brought in our, our vocalist, Peter O'Rulian, which um, if if you read the, the feeds recently, Peter is the, the guy who's writing the novel for um, the Dream Theater Astonishing album. Wow. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So, so we brought in Peter uh, actually at the last moment. So two weeks before the festival, he came in and, and nailed all the parts. It was unbelievable. That's pretty but, cool. Uh, once we got back from the Keep It True Festival, the band just, uh, you know, things, people's lives, you know, John Mako, he lives you know, all the way on the other side of the country. And, you know, it just wasn't, it didn't hold together at that point. But then, uh, you know, after I got into Q5, they they uh, they pulled it back together, and uh, Ken came back into the fold. And from what I hear, it's just better than ever. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Yeah, so am I. Like you know, with, with Q5, I mean, you guys have been really busy. You've been really active since this record came out. I was just saying before it came out, the vinyl came out in October. I mean, I yeah. love getting albums on vinyl again. That's got to be a pretty cool thing to have something out on vinyl, especially for guys like us that came from that era. But it disappeared, but for most of us, we appreciate it and get their own albums yeah. out on it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and in fact, when we when we signed with Frontiers, the original proposal was that it was just going to be released on CD and digital. Um, there wasn't any idea of a vinyl, and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> we got a we got a phone call saying, "Guess what? There's this great company in Greece called No Remorse that does that does a lot of the vinyl work." So uh, they they did a, a collaboration with No Remorse and Frontiers, and our our album is now a double uh, double LP gatefold release, which we just had the biggest grins on our faces as soon as we heard that. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I ordered mine. It's 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 just a gorgeous album. I mean, we work with Nova Morse on the show. So it, it just getting vinyl is just such a killer thing. I mean, the album I mean, the album really got a lot of good reviews. I don't recall reading anything bad about it, but people today will say something bad just for the sake of saying it. That's what we have to deal with with social media and stuff like that. But did you come across anything really bad and negative on the album? Because I couldn't find one really bad review on the record. Nah, you know, you can't please everybody. And there's always going to be trolls out there. There's always going to be the guys that are like, ah, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and it's not this kind of metal or that kind of metal. But, you know, we just pay attention to the people that dig it <laughs> at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it, all that it, matters, it's really. Yeah, well, it's I mean, just, yeah, the internet gives everybody, everybody matters. I know, but everybody matters, but you got you, you just can't please everybody. There's no way. I mean, you can't you can't make a meal for fifty thousand people and expect every piece, every person out there to like exactly what you cook. It's just not going to happen. That's true. You couldn't have said that any better. You're absolutely right. I only got one wife, and I can't even please her no matter what I do. So you can't win. <laughs> you can't win no matter what. <laughs> but I'm sure you do just fine. I do my best. Uh, but, you know, I've read nothing but good stuff about the record. And when I hear it, I'm like, how can somebody say anything negative or bad about this? It, it just kicks ass from start to finish. I mean, there's not one bad track on the record. It's like the old days where you put it on and one song after the other gets better and better as it moves along. I mean, were these all songs that were newly written for, for the album or were some of these holdovers from way back in the day that you kind of tinkered with? No, these are all brand new. These are all brand new. We We actually... That was the goal. I mean, we we walked into our rehearsal place and said, "Okay, let's do let's do stuff." And it was right on the spot. It was right there. So yeah. these are all brand new pieces. Cool. Where does the band go from here, Jeff? I mean, you know, the year is almost over, so not much happening right now. What do you got planned for 2017? I mean, you're gonna try to play the album out, hook up on some tours, or just do one-off shows? Well, I mean, the goal is to hook up with the tour here and there, but, uh, you know, we have a few shows that are coming up. We have a couple of local shows, and then we have uh, the Keep It True Festival in Germany, and uh, and that's in April, and a couple other shows that we can't yet say because we haven't finished the negotiations and all that, but, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things coming up, and if, if uh, you know, if, if fans and, and uh, the curious want to show up, hopefully not the trolls, but... Uh, everybody else, if they want to show up on our Facebook page, if, if you don't mind me mentioning this, it's our, not at uh, all. It's Facebook.com/slash/Q5Official. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, Q5Official, and Instagram is Q5Rocks. And uh, of course, you know we're going to announce all that stuff as soon as as soon as everything confirms, we'll announce it on, on all of those pages. But uh, it's 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 going to continue to be a busy year, and then of course the goal is to to get moving on the second. Uh, well, our our second record, <laughs> Q5's fourth. Yeah. Well, you know, it is important to keep the music coming out. Do you want to rush another album out, or you kind of want to let this one, you know, play its course and let people get into it and let it grow on people? Or is it important really yeah, to get something out every year? Uh, I, I'm not – I don't think we want to rush anything at this point. Uh, you know, we um, we want to get music out as, you know, as, as the fans want it, for sure. But 
you know, we're not going to, we're not going to just shove a bunch of garbage down people's throats, you know, just to, <laughs> just to, for the sake of having another piece in the library, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, we, we're going to take our time with it and make sure that, that it's right before it comes out. So if that's a year, then it's a year, but if it's two years, it may be two years, but you know, we'll see what happens. But th- at this point, the goal is to make sure that that next record gets done. So, yeah. I mean, to me, I think two years is a good time, even up to three years. I see some bands today that go five, six, seven years. I mean, I'm talking about active bands that'll go five to seven, eight years between records. And, you know, the way this business is and how quickly it can change, you know, overnight. I mean, we're in a great sure. revival right now, but I mean, I feel like that's such a long time if you're an active band. I get it if it's like a part time thing these days and it's a hobby now. But if you're really active and, and busy, don't you think that's a little too long to go? It's it's a little. I'm sorry, I missed the last part. It was a little too too long to put albums out, like five to seven years apart. Oh, for an sure. active band, I mean. sure, sure. There's so much. There's so much stuff that saturates you know people these days that it's so easy for them to lose lose attention. You wait too long, the the fans will go somewhere else. That's true. I mean, with Q5, I mean, even though the band had a name and had a reputation, people knew who they were, did it kind of feel like it was starting over for you guys a couple of years ago when you put it back together? Did you feel like you were kind of starting from scratch, or did you say, you know what, people know who we are, we're just going to have to build on that? Well, sure, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's uh, a lot of promoters that we called, and, and quite frankly, they're young, young, young promoters that don't know all the classic bands, you know, <clears throat> Q5 had its, its notoriety kind of in the cult status, I guess. And so, you know, the people that are really in the know, know who Q5 is. And the, some of the younger promoters don't, don't have any ideas. So it was a little tough for us to get, you know, anything but uh, deer in the headlights kind of look, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, they're coming around now, you know, they, they see the YouTube clips and they kind of hear, hear the new music and, and see the clips of when, when we just played at the, the uh, Headbangers Open Air Festival in, in uh, Germany. And, and uh, I think they, they kind of understand that, that Q5 is a powerful band. I mean, the band right now is sounding tighter, I think, than it's ever sounded. And even Gary Thompson, their for, former drummer, he came to our record release show uh, back in July and he told me I could quote him on this. So <laughs> uh, he said that he that this band is w- way tighter than the original band, and that they you know that's coming from Gary Thompson. So that's I you got to feel pretty good about that. So I, I you know I think the road ahead is pretty pretty bright for us. Yeah, I, I I saw that quote on the band's Facebook page with a picture. I was like, you know, that's such a cool thing when you know old members of a band or ex members of a band can hang with the band that's playing today, and you know, and appreciate what they're doing. And there's not that animosity there and that hatred that goes on with a lot of bands, and it and it kind of ruins and it takes away from it. It just shows like that Q5 was a family. No matter who was in there before, Absolutely. who comes in the future, and that I think that's so important, and it solidifies like how strong, you know, that band was or the, or the relationships in the band were, and that's really important. And people forget that. Absolutely. Both Gary Thompson and Floyd Rose are, are both giving their full blessings. They both have heard the record and they both enjoy it. And and it, it, you're absolutely right. It is a family. Yeah. Well, Floyd Rose is lighting cigars with thousand dollar bills. So who, you know, what was he getting? He, he he's in a whole other plane. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. He is such a great guy. He's yeah. a really really cool guy. It's amazing. It just sits there and says, you know what? Let me invent this little thing over here. Next thing you know, you're a millionaire. It's amazing how quickly it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll he'll tell you that story too. Absolutely. Yeah. But you'd never know. You'd never know that he was that he was that Floyd Rose. You know, just by talking to him, he's just a normal, everyday, super nice guy. 
I'm sure he is. You know, Jeff, one of the bands I really liked that you were part of was Screams of Angels. I, is anything going on with those guys, or is it still happening? Are you still involved with them? No. Well, no. I mean, that was that really was my band. I mean, we I wrote co-wrote most of the music with uh, a guy named Craig Church, and uh, you know, we we the band had actually had actually broken up when when we finished that and it, that record, and it was really supposed to be a glorified demo. And uh, there was a, a record label out of Poland that just bravely said, just give me whatever you got and I'll release it. And I said, okay, here's this record. And he really liked the songs and really, and he was, he tried really hard to, to get a better mix out of it and all that. But uh, it just, it, it was not up to par with, uh, you know, <laughs> the quality of stuff that's coming out nowadays. So it was pretty much rejected by the public just because it wasn't uh, it wasn't mixed very well. So, um, you know, at that point we just said, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. We're but done. You, you actually sang, you actually sing it for that band. You didn't play drums for them, right? I played drums on the record and I sang, I did all the vocals and I did all the keyboards on the record. Oh, I didn't know you played drums on the record. I thought you just sang on it. No, no, I did. I, I, the, the drummer that's pictured is not the drummer that, played on the record. He played live with us when we did a few shows here and there. Oh, okay. It's like one of those kiss type things. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> kinda. Did you ever think about I re-releasing? I get that occasionally. It? I'm uh, sorry. Like remaster- did you ever think about remastering the record maybe and re releasing it? Uh well, you know, the 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 label that that signed it that put tried to put it out, he did try to remaster it. He said it was just impossible to to get anything out of it. So you know, maybe maybe someday we'll re-record it. I you know I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I I, the, I think the songs are really good myself, but um, you know who knows. I I'm open for anything. We'll see what happens. Craig Church he's pretty busy these days. He's with Pamela Moore. He plays with her band, and so I don't know if he would have time to do something like that. But uh, who knows? We'll see. If I was with Pamela Moore, as long as I was playing behind, I I don't think I'd really care. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just <laughs> up on that stage. She's a sweetheart of a girl. We met her a few times when she was here in New York. Uh, a really nice lady. She really is. She really is. Yeah. Such a powerhouse singer. My goodness. Yeah, incredible. I, I, I know you can't announce any of the shows you have coming up. Like I said, it haven't been finalized. But me being here in New York, uh, should I guess up my car sometime next year? Is that a possibility almost? Um. Hmm. We'll say it maybe is sort of thinking about a possibility, sort of maybe. <laughs> okay, that's good enough for me. I know where Probably. that's going. I'll take that. I'll take that until you make an announcement. <laughs> We're waiting for the ink to dry. <laughs> uh, I, I can wait. I've been waiting a long, long, long time, so I can wait a little longer. But you know, has the band looked at trying to get on some of the festivals here in the U.S. in the upcoming year? Because we do have quite a few of them. I mean, we had the Ragnarok, which kind of fell apart this year, uh, for coming up for next year. But there are quite a few other festivals going on. I seem to be growing, you know, pretty big and getting really well known. Yeah, a lot of those festivals though are the are the the better known bands of the '80s, the the Rats and the or whichever Rat you're talking about, but Rats and yeah. the and the you know 
Dawkins and that the wingers and that sort of thing, which is all it's all great. But uh, like I say, these younger promoters they don't really know Q5 that well. So yeah, we we would love to play any of these festivals and the uh, and the cruise ships and and all of that stuff that are they're leaving out of Miami and L.A. We'd we'd love to jump on those or the seventy thousand tons of metal that would be awesome too. But uh, we'll just we have to see what happens. You know, we send it out, we we throw out the throw out the line and see what we can catch. Yeah, the cruises are becoming a big it. thing. You have the seventy thousand yeah. tons, you have monsters of rock. I mean, I personally wouldn't get in a hot tub with twenty other fat hairy guys like myself. But I mean, just going <laughs> for the bands, I mean, I would take it. It's a yeah. vacation. I might stand by the hot tub. <laughs> I, I look at those pictures. Not. There's like twenty fat guys in there, and I'm like, where are the women on this ship? <laughs> <laughs> All of them wearing poison T-shirts because they don't want to get in the tub without the shirts on. <laughs> but they are turning into a big thing these cruises because you know a lot of people like they're, they're on our age group now. Like you know what? I'm gonna make a vacation out of this. I'm gonna see 20 bands without ever having to leave the ship. And the bands get to mingle with all the fans out there, which they love because they get to meet you guys in person. I think it's a great you thing. I mean, you gotta have a little bit of money for some people to do it, but it's. I mean, when you bake it down, food. 20, 30 bands over a week and, and get to go to destinations. That's a great idea. No, you bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've been on cruises before, not, not the metal ones, but I've been on cruises before and they're a blast. So why not? You know, you, you put two things together that you love. That's a great thing. I'd, I'd be excited yeah. to do that for sure. Well, well, well who knows? Get, I, Q5 that would be do great. That for sure. Yeah. All they got to do is put up a we'll sign in the hot tub, like at the bar, like when there's a two drink minimum, it's like a two girl minimum per hot tub. They got to have two girls and nobody going to hot tub. They do that way. I think it'd be all right. See, you know, you and me, I don't think either one of us can handle one at this point. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm only allowed out of garbage, mate. <laughs> You're a good man. <laughs> uh, we try. We try. Uh, so, Jeff, what did you have? Is there anything definite for 2017 you have planned? Because I have to cut you loose in a few minutes. I got the next interview coming up. But what do you guys got going on for next year that you know about already that you can't talk about? Right now, the only thing that I can actually say is that we're playing at the, the sold-out Keep It True Festival in Lauda Konigshofen, Germany, and that's with Fifth Angel and a ton of other bands. Sirith Ungle is going to be playing there. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's going to be huge, and it's their it's their 20th anniversary festival, so it's a, it's a really big event. We're really excited about that. And a bunch of other stuff's coming up, but the, the fans just, you know – Keep in touch with us. Get on that Facebook page, Q5 Official, and, and the Twitter page, Q5 underscore official. And, and uh, you know, as things pop up, uh, you know, we'll spew it out there. And, man, we look forward to meeting everybody, everybody. We love to meet with the fans. So, you know, as we go out and play, come, please come up and say hi because we love it. Uh, I can't wait. And uh, I know I'm going to see you real soon probably. So, uh <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. And uh, probably, maybe, right sort there. of, kind of. Sure. Probably, maybe, sort of. And, and we'll take it up from there when, when, when we get to meet up. You know you're going to be the first one we tell when this happens, right? I hope so, because I'm going to be the no, first yeah. one on that line waiting to get into the place. There's no line for you, Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's you know people job. in high places. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> sounds good, but. Hey, but Jeff, man, it was great talking with you again, man. We're going to do this again real soon. And uh, the best of luck with the band. You guys did such an amazing job on New World Order. Get it on CD, download it, get it on vinyl, but just buy the album. That's the best way to support the band, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Ah, man. (laughs) Yes. No piracy, please. Absolutely not. We pay for everything. Even though I get it for free, I still bought the album because that's my way of supporting. You got to do it. 
You are awesome. Absolutely. Mike, you are the best, my friend. Thank you so much. So are you, Jeff. You know what? We're going to wrap it up with the right way. How does that sound? That's perfect. <laughs> All right. That's you right take care, Jeff. Yeah, and have happy too, holidays. Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you next year. Back to you. Take care, buddy. Thank you. See you, buddy.
the right way off of New World Order. The album came out on Frontiers back in July, but uh, No Remorse released a double gatefold vinyl in October. Pick up any one of the copies, support this great band, and it really is a phenomenal album. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up Jeff Sayers. It's a killer, killer record. One of my favorites of the year. All right, let me see. We got Eddie Malm in about 15 minutes. That interview was already recorded, uh, but we got to get it on and wrap up the show on time today because The Walking Dead is 90 minutes tonight, and I have to get upstairs and watch that. I'm still trying to catch up on the the last episode of 90 Day Fiance. So got a lot going on after the show tonight, so we're going to have to wrap it up in two hours and uh, and move on with life. All right, yesterday – well, actually, before uh, Jeff called in, we were talking about Tracy Guns. he quit the band. He quit the Steve Riley version of LA Guns, which was really his version that he had gone for a long time. And Tracy Guns had his version of LA Guns going for a long time. And then Tracy gave up his version, and it was just the Phil Lewis Steve Riley version. And then all of a sudden, Tracy's still <laughs> got together, and they started working on a record for Frontier, and a label we just uh, were talking about. And now he finally now said he's not with the Steve Riley version anymore. And Steve Riley was talking a few weeks ago about uh, something about like trying to put the Wasp lineup back together again, I think, with him and, and Chris Holmes and Randy Piper. And I don't know if that was going to happen. I don't know what's going on with that version now. So is Steve Riley going to look for a new singer and continue that version of L.A. Guns, which has no original members all in it now? <laughs> Because Steve Riley and uh, Tracy Guns do not get along, so I don't see that happening where he's going to hook up with them. Uh, I don't know what's going to take place with any of them, so we'll have to see. A lot of drama, a lot of hard rock and heavy metal drama. I know that uh, Ace really, once again, every time they talk to Ace, all they ever ask him is, are you going to get back together with Kiss? And all he says is, you never know, it's a possibility. That's like his PR team at work trying to get him back into Kiss. It will never happen. Why would Kiss want to bring him back in? deal with all the bullshit that they dealt with with him like over the years you know i mean they got it going on right now they're selling out arenas they don't need him back in the bed he's not going to sell any more tickets if ace freely's on guitar for kiss i'm telling you he's not going to sell any more tickets maybe a handful of the old diehards that refuse to go because he's wearing ace's makeup might show back up to the show but they've got a whole new audience right now of young people that go to see who's in the band up on stage in the show they can kill us who's playing guitar I mean, I grew up with Kiss. They were the first real rock band they ever got into uh, back in the mid-70s. So, I mean, I would love to see that lineup again. I was lucky enough to see them a couple of times over my lifetime. But for these younger people, they just don't give a shit. Uh, this is say, well, you know, how it is. They don't care if it's Tommy on guitar and, and uh, Ace's makeup or Eric wearing uh, Peter's makeup. They don't give a shit. They see four characters up on stage playing, putting on a great show with fireworks and power techniques. And that's all they care about. You know, so who knows? All right, let's get some more music on. Ozzy turned 68 years old yesterday. God bless him. Did you ever think he would make it that long? I think back when I first really started getting into Ozzy's solo stuff in the early 80s and all the crazy shit he was doing back then and how high he was all the time, I didn't think he'd make it to this age. <laughs> Who would have thought it, right? But he did, and he's still going. And according to uh, what uh, Sharon says, there's going to be a new Ozzy solo record coming out in the next year or two. And I would imagine that would probably be it for him because he he would be 70 years old and he struggles as it is right now. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Ozzy was never, you know, one of the greatest singers in the world. He was just an amazing front man. And he's been losing it a little at a time as he's gotten older. And that happens to the best of us. Uh, but if he does put out a solo record, uh, it probably will be his last one. But I believe we have Gus G on the show uh, the first week of January. So maybe we'll talk to Gus about that. I, they're always tight-lipped when it comes to talking about what's going on with Ozzy. Even when we have Zach on the show, I'll never say nothing except for, you know, Ozzy's the greatest. 
Uh, I don't know, maybe there's some clause in the contract this time, but I can't really talk much about what goes on, but we'll keep pushing Gus to get some info to see what's happening. But let's go back to those early days of Ozzy. One of my favorite songs that never made it onto a studio record. It was on the Mr. Crowley Live EP. You said it all.
wasted off that first record, Vice's Pete Way's band, after he uh, kind of parted ways with Fastway. Uh, nothing really ever came out of the Fastway collaboration outside of the name. Uh, Fastway Clark kept that band going. Uh, but Finn on vocals for that record. What a great record that was. I mean, back then, it was a little... Uh, it was a little too commercially sounded for me. I was into the much heavier stuff, but I really did like that album. And that song, Women in Change, Just Killed. Pretty cool video for that song, as well as Love Loaded, which is a song that we usually always play when we used to do the cowbell show, because there's a lot of cowbell in that song. All right, we're going to get the interview with Eddie Malmon in about five minutes or so. We'll do one more tune before then. Maybe we'll play some heavy load uh, before we get that interview going. Uh, uh, it looks like there's a war going on again between uh, Michael Sweet from Striper and Sebastian Bach. I mean, everybody knows I hate Sebastian Bach. I just think the guy's a total fucking asshole. Uh, and I don't think I'm the only one that thinks that about the guy. I think a lot of people feel that way. From him calling out fans in the audience, which I think is terrible. But then again, there's been a lot of stupid shit going on with fans in the audience of shows, too. I just saw that uh, Paolo Torre had to call somebody out for giving him the finger at a show. I, I didn't get to read the whole story or see the. I think there's a video of it, too. I didn't get to watch the whole video, so I can't really say exactly what happened. But it appears that a fan was, I guess, telling him to go fuck himself when they were up on stage performing on all the Queensryche song. Um, that Jeff from the Jeff Tater of the band, and he didn't like it. He was calling him out. Now Todd is a nice guy, great singer, does a cool job in, in Queensrÿche. Uh, but as a fan, if you're not into the band anymore because you don't like who's singing for them, why pay twenty bucks, go to the show just to aggravate yourself, and to uh, give the guy the thing and curse them? I mean, it was uh, I think Luke Bryan, the country artist, he was he was playing in an arena. Uh, they showed a video the other day. Some guy was, I guess, telling him to go fuck himself, too. He went down to the audience and smacked the guy <laughs> and kept singing the song. You know, I mean, I don't get that. Why are you spending all this money uh, going to a show, your time to go out, just to yell at the artist? I mean, you know, if you're not a fan of the band, why would you even go to begin with? If you're a fan of the band, why would you tell them to go fuck themselves? I don't get that. You know, I really don't. But Sebastian Bach is just the opposite. He calls out his audience because he doesn't like the way they respond to him. But the guy puts on a crappy show. He can't sing anymore. He's been living off those 10 minutes of fame from the Skid Row days from 20 years ago. He's just an annoying douchebag, the guy. He really is. And now he's going at it with Michael uh, Sweet from Stripe. But Michael said some stuff about him, too, over the years. Uh, you know, and this time, uh, I think uh, some, some girl, some teenage girl who was uh, performing on Michael's album did a video of an old uh, Skid Row song. And he said that, he, you know, he said that the girl sang it better than the original singer. And that just kind of pissed him off and you know, he went off on, on him, and that's been going back and forth. But Stripe has been getting a lot of attention lately. It looks like after the tour is wrapping up, this uh, 30th anniversary tour, they're going to take a break, uh, which in their words, it might be breaking up, I don't know, because it looks like Tim Gaines, the original bass player, uh, left his wife. Uh, this is the story. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I read this on Blabbermouth, so I don't know how true it is that he left his wife for some young fan who was, I guess, uh, emailing him or talking to him or whatever. And I guess because they're a Christian band, uh, they, they don't go for that. This makes no sense to me at all. It has to be more to it than that. Uh, I, I can't see not wanting to play with a guy who's been in your band since day one. And Michael Sweet has always talked about how, you know, he wants to always keep that original lineup together. He wouldn't be comfortable doing it without the original lineup. Now you're going to turn your back on your bass play because him and his wife are getting divorced. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I know a lot of Christians that have gotten divorced. Let me tell you something. I know a lot of Christians that are the worst people in the world, especially a lot of these born-again Christians. They talk a lot of shit. So I don't get the whole religious thing mixing in with the music thing. Even though there were a band that was saying about God, that makes no sense to me in any way, shape, or form. So we'll see what happens with Striper in the near future. I'm not too sure what's going to go on with that band. All right, let's get on some new music from Nightmare out of France. 
is red marble and gold.
Let's get that interview on, and then we'll play something from his new project or his new band, Eddie Mound Band, right after the interview. Here you go. Eddie, this is Mike calling for our interview. Yeah, great. I was expecting your call. <laughs> How are you tonight? Well, I'm, I'm pretty fine, I think. Uh, very winter good. Here. I know. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's dark and terrible, actually, but, <laughs> well, you know. Well, the seasons do change. <laughs> Yeah, they do. <laughs> Listen, Eddie, I, I'm such a big fan going back to the heavy low days. And now that you have another record coming out after all these years, I couldn't be more thrilled. I'm so glad that you decided to finally do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember hearing about this a couple of years ago that you were working on it. Uh, it did take a while to put it out. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> but, you know, these days... Uh... You have other things to think of. Uh, you you got your work to do, and uh, I have a little girl, daughter, that um, she's 16, but she has autism and uh, another fault. So it's it's there's a lot of things that I have to take care of, actually, as a grown-up. Sure. That makes it harder, I know. But I'm glad that you found the time to put the record out. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it's kind of a throwback to the old great hard rock days of the 70s and 80s, this album. And it's got a little bit of like, you know, what you did with Heavy Load also mixed into it. It's got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But most of the songs are actually made uh, at the time I was playing with Heavy Load or shortly after. So um, I think they have that sort of feeling in them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I love Heart of a Warrior. I mean, Turn It Down. So you've been holding on to these songs for quite some time. Was there any other opportunity that you had over the years to kind of release them, or did you kind of put everything on the back burner because of personal stuff? Yeah, I think, um, actually, um, once upon a time when I quit with Heavy Load, and shortly after, Andreas quit as well. He and I started a band called Challenger, and... um, we made a lot of songs at the time and uh, we were probably thinking of some of these songs that I made were going to be on the album we were going to make. But uh, when we were in the midst of everything, a record company was interested in Germany and we came home from a session down there. Uh, He got an offer from a band in Denmark that was pretty famous at the time. I can't really remember what they were called, but, um, it was 
a heavy metal band, and they wanted a bass player, and they asked if he wanted to join them, and he said yes. So the Challenger thing fell apart there, and after that, not very much happened, actually. Yeah. So I just saved songs, and uh, we we made some recordings, uh, me and Par, like some 10 years ago or 15 years ago, and... Um, well, that was the start, actually, of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to the very beginning, I mean, and going back to the heavy load days, the band was already around for a couple of years before you hooked up with them. They had a different sound and vibe going on. But, you know, by the time you joined the band, you know, heavy metal was in full swing in the, in the early 80s. The sound was changing. And you brought a whole new dynamic to the band. Do you remember how you hooked up with those guys? Because I think you were in highbrow at that time. Yeah. <clears throat> actually, I was, yeah. But I I was um, I was um, actually put out of the band Hybro uh, for another singer. I don't know, really know why. That was kind of strange, really. But um, they 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 employed another singer, and um, I was I was free at the time. So I was working in a music store in Stockholm, and um, one of the uh, one day when I was going home from there, I saw this poster outside on the window. And the, it was a heavy load poster, sort of. It was a, it was the backside of their first album, with the uh, truck and all the things falling out. And I thought that looked kind of funny. And uh, they were looking for a guitar player, actually. And uh, I, it was it's a real strange, actually, because I hadn't played guitar for quite a while, and I didn't I didn't even own a guitar at the time. But I thought, well, I, I'll give them a call and we'll see what happens. And I did, and uh, I. A few days later, they actually said that, okay, you can come down and test with us. And um, I figured, okay, I could do that. But I didn't have a guitar, so I had to come down without one. But I could borrow one from Ragnar. No problem. And they wanted to jam a bit, and we did that. And that didn't work out too well because I wasn't very used to jamming. So um, then they said, okay, let's play this song. And they told me, the, they gave me the chords and stuff like that. And they asked, asked if I could sing on the refrains and stuff like that. And uh, that worked out a bit better. But I never really thought that I was going to get the job, actually. Yeah. Was it difficult but stepping into? You, you sure did. And you put out two of the best records with them. So I'm glad about that. But, was it difficult stepping into an already established band, especially one that was kind of run by the two brothers? Yeah, but I don't know. I think they gave me very much, uh, what do you call it, space uh, in the band, actually. And uh, uh, there, there must have been something about me they actually liked because uh, it was very easy working with the guys. It, uh, you, you might imagine that it would be very difficult because they are very special, these two brothers. And uh, they, are, they, they like to do things their way, 100%. But when it came to us working together, somehow they, they let that go. And that was, a, that was a great feeling, really, to yeah. be able to make the music I wanted to make. They listened to it and they said, okay, this is on the album. And uh, that was great, actually. And I think maybe I influenced them a lot as well, because I think I maybe was a bit more, um, what shall I say, I liked a different flow in the music. And I think they liked that, actually. Yeah. 
But, you know, Death of Glory, Stronger Than Evil, 82 and 83 come out, you know, back to back a year apart. The, the music scene was still kind of young for this type of music back then. It was just getting started. It hadn't really broken out yet. Was it more difficult being in Sweden and being the kind of band that you were at that time? Because this was before the internet where, you, you know, everybody could hear your music with the click of a button. You kind of had to, you know, make it where you came from back then. Yeah, that's true. And being that we, we never really had a record company behind us, we had several offers, but they didn't want to go that way because they were afraid that if we let an, a record company come and, and take over, they're going to they're gonna change everything. They're going to make uh, decisions that we wouldn't make otherwise. And uh, so they didn't want to go that way. And that, I think that was a mistake, really, because... Um, I think maybe if we had a big record company, we had several offers, then uh, it would have been spread a lot more uh, professionally than it was with the Thunderload record thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, sometimes you need that support from a label to kind of get the name of the band out there. Was it difficult yeah. back then trying to get the band heard? in other countries, other parts of the world, because really, you know, we used to have tape trading back then. People make cassettes, they traded tapes. And that's how a lot of bands became known through different parts of the world. I mean, was it difficult yeah. trying to get the name of the band out there to other parts of Europe or the U.S.? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that uh, we had a, a record company in, in Japan that made some records on license for us. Uh, so there is a release from there but otherwise it was um, it wasn't easy but we had some uh, some guys that were working with the band Anders Tengler a guy very much into music and very much he was a reporter at the time and he worked all over the world more or less and he it brought the music with him when when he went to the UK or the United States or whatever and talked to bands and talked to people he, he brought it with him so he could show the music but still it's always hard if you don't have a company that can take care of the business for you. If we did have a company that was connected with the U.S. or England or whatever, it would be a lot easier. Then they'd make the records and they'd promote them and they'd sell them. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's so different today, isn't it? It's amazing that you can do it like the way you guys are doing it back then. It's commonplace today. Bands do everything on their own today without the record labels. Uh, you know, you have technology that allows that to happen today with the internet and other stuff. But back then, that was impossible. No, no, that's true. That's definitely true. But we still, even um, Eddie Von Baum, we made everything ourselves, all the recordings and everything. But we still do have a record company that's taking care of the release. And uh, hopefully, at least in Europe, that's going to be pretty good, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, the, and and then getting it out to the U.S. and and uh, England and South America, whatever, it's a lot easier, as you said, internet. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow, you, it, the connections there. As soon as the song is out there, some guys listen to it, and then they say to their friend, "Oh, have you heard this?" And then somebody, and it spreads like I don't know what. But it's amazing, really. It is. Well, with the new band, do you plan on trying to get out and play live? Is it a possibility? Or maybe just saying local? Or is this just going to be recording? No, we're going <clears> to... <throat> we're definitely planning to to, uh, to tour. And we had some offers already. Um, I was down in, in Greece for last summer. 
and played with the tribute band for Heavy Load, or I sang with them a couple of songs. And uh, that made a, that was a huge interest in, in Greece after that. And then they'd love to have us there. And I know Germany would love to have us. I know there are some Sweden, the Swedish rock uh, things that happen every year that they're going to want us as, as well. So I think we're going to have to tour. And I'm hoping for a world tour. That would be great. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, talk, you're talking about performing with the band Heathens of the, from the North, uh, who basically do a lot of heavy low stuff. And, the fans went crazy to see you up on stage playing with those guys. It was something that, like, you know, for a lot of people that weren't around back then to see you, they went crazy for that. Yeah, and that was amazing, really amazing, because most of the guys and the people in front of the stage, they were like 25 years old or something. They weren't even born when we were playing. True. So, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Really did did you realize at that point how, how many fans there really were of the band? I mean, I know you wish they were around you know, thirty years ago, but there were so many of them around today. And I know that I know that the band did try to do some reunion shows after you guys broke up. I don't know if you were a part of them in '85 or '87, uh, but there, is there ever that possibility that that classic lineup would ever reunite? Uh, there, of course, always is the possibility, but um, it's very. Very, I think it's very. It's going to be very difficult for for at least uh, Ragnar to uh, actually do it. Uh, I think he he's told me once when I was out there and we talked about heavy load and stuff like that, and he said, "Well, that time has passed now. I've done that, and now it's my family, my work, and stuff like that." And uh, even though he understands that uh, there is a certain interest out there. It's, he's very hard to convince. Yeah. But uh, somehow I think he, maybe he's he's leaning a little bit towards it. But uh, still, there, there's a long way to go. But I'm I'm never I'm not going to say never because uh, that might be a mistake. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Never say never. Well, I mean, we're glad you no. got the Eddie Mount Band going right now. And I know, like it says, a lot of those songs were things you worked on in the past, like Challenger. I mean, is there a lot of stuff left over that you want to get out there from over the years, or maybe with the next record, are you looking to write you know, new music that you've been working on recently? Yeah, I haven't really been working on very much recently. I have some ideas that I started for like five or seven years ago that uh, definitely we we're going to bring up. Um, and then probably if, uh, if this really turns out the way I'm hoping, I'm going to start making music again. Definitely. Uh, that'll be great. I mean, ha have your style or, or the interest that you've had in music changed over the years? I mean, because, you know, you basically cemented in that, that classic hard rock formula from the 70s and 80s. Is there anything else that kind of influences yeah. you these days musically? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if I make any music today, it's going to be the same, more or less. Yeah. Uh, of course, we, uh, we like to make the sound uh, that has to fit into today. But uh, music-wise, I think it's gonna it's gonna sound pretty much like like it is today. Yeah, the new band you're playing with now are these guys that you've known for a long time, or people you just recently hooked up with for the album? Yeah, the uh, guitar player I've uh, I've known for quite a while, or we've known each other, but we haven't really you know been friends, uh, close friends, or anything like that. But uh, uh, otherwise, the drummer, for example, he's pretty new for me. 
the bass player that actually he he actually left the band. Uh, so we're looking for a new bass player now. Oh, okay. But um, they're a pretty new acquaintance, actually. Yeah. How, how do you find the recording process today? I mean, do you prefer like the way it is now with digital and Pro Tools? And I mean, people have studios in the houses these days, and it, it makes it very easy to record. <laughs> or do you like kind of like the old studio ways where everything was recorded on reels and you know and tape back then? Well, I I enjoy this uh, new way of making music actually because it makes it a lot easier. For example, um, when I'm sitting at home and I have my keyboards and I have my computer on, I can put all the instruments there just by sitting by the keyboard and then singing. I can make the guitar on the keyboard. I can make it bass, drums, everything from the keyboard, and uh, that makes that makes making the music a lot easier and recording it. Well, I think it's the same actually. It's um, it's it's a lot easier today. And it's a lot easier to correct your mistakes, actually, than it was earlier. Yeah. That that seems to be a big thing with a lot of musicians, uh, correcting the mistakes that they make uh, with the new technology compared to the old way with the tapes. And a lot of them love it for that reason. But a lot of people also like the old tapes. They feel it has a thicker, richer, deeper sound than things do digitally today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, well, I... I I wouldn't mind uh, recording in the, in the old-fashioned as well. I mean, you, you, when you start out, the, you actually play the instruments and you play the whole song, more or less, and uh, that's, uh, that was pretty good, actually. It was pretty fun. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to use the new technology as well because it, it makes it, I don't know, better, but it makes it um, not so faulty. <laughs> True. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're using any technology to record again, and and it's so great having you back musically with these songs. The album comes out on No Remorse Records on December 9th, and I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know it's getting late over there, but I do appreciate you talking with us today. It was great, and I hope you do make that world tour happen because I want to see you here in the USA. And I'd love to come, I can assure you. All right. We're going to do what we can to get you here. Great. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> All right, Eddie. You take care. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.
October 31st doing Metal Merchants from Hollow's Eve. They did an entire record of uh, Metal Masker songs from the first album to the last. They re-recorded them. Check it out. It's on Hell's Headbangers Records. All right, we're going to wrap it up here today. I want to thank our guests, Jeffrey McCormick from Q5 and Eddie Mound from the Eddie Mound Band and Heavy Load. You know what? How about we wrap it up with some brand new Metallica? Like I said, I haven't been a fan of the band since the late 80s. This album seems better than anything they've done in the last 20 years. Even though I haven't bought it myself, I'm not really crazy about it. Uh, but we'll get on a song and we'll close it out today. I'll see you guys next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Thank you for hanging out with me. I do appreciate it. Here's uh, New Metallica, Spit Out the Bone.
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Shopping at Acme Markets now earns you gas reward points to redeem at participating Sunoco stations. Shop and start earning today. Look for additional fuel savings on MyMix. Sign up at acmemarkets.com or download the Acme app today. Get Lancaster brand USDA Choice Beef Bone-In Ribeye Roast, $4.77 a pound with in-ad coupon and additional $25 purchase. And imported seedless clementines, two-pound bags, $1.99. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at acmemarkets.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.